did not have before. And again, even in the secular world, I've told you on this show, we've talked oftentimes about the fact that this, you got to stay engaged in politics, but ultimately this is a battle between good and evil, right? And until talking heads and commentary, commentators on Fox and everywhere else, until they begin acknowledging what this is, we have no chance of winning. We're going to lose. We have to bring God back to the front lines. And I've even criticized guys like Tucker Carlson, who I happen to respect very much. But I want to close tonight by saying that a bit of, by sharing a bit of, of uh, a clip of Tucker Carlson, saying basically what we've been saying down here for years and years, saying the same thing and saying it with passion. But I also think there's got to be a spiritual development that is so destructive it can only be described as evil, long-term and short-term. It directly hurts children, which is how you know, but it destroys the society. And so I look at that and I'm like, oh, this whole spiritual warfare, the evangelicals are always talking about, I'm an Episcopalian, I'll just admit that. I was actually kicked out of the church, basically. I would never actually go to an Episcopal church, and that's how I grew up. And so I didn't grow up in a world where people are like quoting Revelation. You know what I mean? They were reading the Psalms, like they didn't matter. So it's not like I'm quick to jump to the conclusion that spiritual warfare is at work. I just had no other explanation. Like, what's the other explanation? There isn't one. So yes, we're watching a battle between good and evil that is playing out in spaces that we cannot see because it is a spiritual war. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. This is Elias Flores. And uh, today we're we're going to title this, this podcast, The Battle. You know, the battle. I mean, this is this is now in mainstream media. This is now hitting the masses, if you will, uh, that uh, something is definitely wrong and something doesn't uh, pass the uh, smell test nor the eye test of what is decent and what is wholesome and what is right. In fact, um, uh, we're, we're, we're totally upside down. And if you challenge those narratives of of what is upside down, then um, all of a sudden you are labeled something and you are you are placed in a corner or you're marginalized. And, and so we're going we're going to take a good look um today at at some of those some of these founding principles and we're going to look at the great apostle Paul as he was going through um, as he was going through uh, Athens um, and what he found and how it re and how he reacted to that and and what levels he went through to explain uh, who God is and explain what these philosophers couldn't couldn't really wrap their minds around, and so we're going to we're going to take this this um, this battle head on and understand we are in a battle. We are in, we are in a battle, and if you just walk on society, you begin to start seeing the the craziness in your face. Okay, more and more, more and more, you see the weirdness. You see you see the anti God in your face more and more. And as believers, okay, as believers that we come from a biblical worldview, it should be standing up. There should be such a great contrast, you know, between light and darkness and, uh, and what, what, um, what the world is calling light and what, uh, the church is calling light, you know, total polar opposites. Okay. And what the Bible calls darkness and what the world calls darkness total total opposites we are in a manifestation of a spiritual war that is unfolding right before our eyes and it and it's again the the social media cannot cannot uh, 
um, hide from it any longer. They cannot say God does not exist. There's a right way to do things. There is a Judeo-Christian value system that has uh, spurned our constitution. Uh, And so they, they can't run from that anymore because our rights are given to us by God, our creator, you know, and they're inalienable rights. They, they can't be revoked by somebody. You know, we can only give them away. And, and so for so long, the church has given up space. We've given up the communities, the counties, the education. We've given up business uh, places. We've given up Hollywood, the movie, the movies. We've given, we've given up so much because of our silence of not wanting to be accepted and wanting to be part of this, uh, this club that they have that uh, you have to join in, of, you know, you have to join in and throw away God. You have to throw away all the concepts of how you were raised and, and what is civil um, within society. And so we're going to take a good look at, at some of the some of the thoughts that, that I think that are very important to remind us that we are in a battle. Okay, we are in a battle. When you start looking at the great new deal, green new deal that they are coming out with, basically this concept, this concept of the green new deal is that we are God of this earth. We are the ones that that manage and maintain the earth, and and it's we're going to destroy the earth. And people and fossil fuels are destroying the earth. You know, and, and and when you have a biblical worldview, you just kind of laugh at those things. I mean, you, you look at Genesis chapter one and you know who created the earth. OK, and he didn't give the earth to Satan. Okay, he didn't give the earth to say it, the earth belongs to the Lord. And in Psalms 24, we, we, we lock this in. And, and again, this this is part of your armor in battle is standing on the truth. Okay, standing on the truth. And so when you get all the tree huggers and and you get all the guys that go to school and, and, you know, and they and they learn all this, uh, you know, this uh, fuel is bad and gas is bad and, 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 you know, beef is bad. And and you listen to all these crazy, this this craziness. And it is crazy and it's craziness. You know, um, when you listen to this, you have to have a strong biblical foundation and you cannot get off your biblical foundation. When it comes to when it comes to combating or coming into the battlefield, the battlefield of ideas, the battlefield of the marketplace, the battlefield of society, you can't you cannot be unarmed and you have to stand strong in the word of God. You have to stand strong in these areas of fundamental truths. You know, Psalms 24, one through six. And and I always, I love this. Okay. I love this because what this scripture does, it, it, it totally lets you know who is in charge, who is in charge. Listen to this. He says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Now, now again, the earth is the Lord's. Now this is after Genesis. This is after Moses. Here David comes and David writes, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. So all humanity, all all of nature, all of the land, all of creation, it all belongs to him. You couple that with Colossians where, where it says that all things were made by him, for him, and through him, and he upholds all things or everything consists in him. So when you start looking at these weirdos, these weird ideas that these unscientific, 
you know, um, models that they're putting out there of H2O and, and climate change and, and the ocean's going to overtake the ocean's going to overtake the, the, the land and, and the, the ice is going to melt. And, you know, they've been just just do your homework on those on those false prophecies. Al Gore, you know, oh, we're going to in the I believe is the 80s. He started sounding the alarm that, you know, the, that we're going to have global warming and the, all the ice in the Alaska in Alaska and in the North Pole is going to melt and it's going to and it's going to cause the, the oceans to rise above the lands and all, you know, all this scare tactics, all this fear. This is not what the scripture says. So, so these guys that are flying around, you know, in the World Economic Forum and and, and all these um, green energy people, you know, AOC and all their crazy, the world's going to, if we don't get off fossil fuels, the world's going to, no, you don't control it. You don't control a flea. None of us control this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell in it. This is this is a, a, a huge concept to wrap our minds around that all that dwells in it and those who dwell therein, they belong to God. They're his creation. There's his create he, he created them. And and this this is one of the 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 battles that many Christians go through when they don't understand their Bible. They start looking at their, their, um, their, 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 um, their sinner friends, or they start looking at all that and they look at them as other. No, no, they were created by God. They, they, they were created by the same breath. They were created by the same hand. And Yes, some are not saved. Some are some are confused. They're lost. They're blind. They don't see. But here is the general idea of what he's letting you know. It all he created them all. Satan hasn't created anything. This perverse generation hasn't done anything. They have to use God's creation and pervert it in order to do anything. Satan is such a counterfeiter. He can't do anything. He has to pervert it. You know, and, and uh, we're seeing it. We've seen this battle. You know, Tucker Carlson came out and said, "Hey, you know, I went to Episcopalian church, and and we didn't talk about the Book of Revelations and the spiritual warfare. We had no idea of spirituality. That's what he was saying. But there's something definitely going on here. My eyes are open to something definitely going on here. And so, one one of the main principles I want to get you to is the fact that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all that dwell in." They're in. So we, we have to have a biblical view of our world. When you go outside, you have to look at the world as God's creation, as God the creator. And so when you look at when you look at this ideology that's out there, that man, you know, man's making up these rules about how much how much fuel you have and 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 and, and you know um with where the, the the wind wind energy and oh fossil fuels are bad you know stop it just stop it you know it, it's ridiculous already and and be, and if you don't agree with that if you don't agree with their ideology you know or their or their religion of of that they're in charge of this earth then uh they they call you uneducated or or antiquated or out of step 
No, we're in step. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And he knows how to take care of this earth. The resources that he's placed on this earth are absolutely amazing. The silver and the gold are all his. I mean, you, you, you just look at, you just look at um, how rich this earth is. And, and, and you just shake your heads at these, these scientists and doctors and philosophers and politicians. And, and you just, just laugh at them because they know so much of all the wrong things. Listen, listen to what he says. For, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend to the, to the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in the holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted his soul to an idol. We're going to talk about idols later on. Okay? He who has not lifted his soul to the idols. And the reason this is important. Because when you start looking at idols. It's where we get, we get the word idea from. Where we begin to worship our ideas. We begin to worship our 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 knowledge, we begin to worship our inventions, we begin to worship our, our, um, our, the craftsmanship of our hand, we worship how good we are, how smart we are, we begin to idolize even ourselves. He, sa- he says, we have not given our, our hearts to idols, okay, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall, he shall receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from, God of, from the God of salvation. This is Jacob. Okay, and, and, and you know, when, when you start looking at that, that huge statement I just read in Psalms uh, chapter 24, um, 1 through 6, he says, And the righteousness from, from the God of his salvation, from the God of his salvation, and in and, and, and attached salvation solely to God, solely to God, salvation is of the Lord. We we have to we have to lock that in. You can't make up yourself and say, "Oh yeah, they're saved because they, you know, God God is love." Or they're saved because God is love. No, no, no. That's not how it works. And righteousness, that which is righteous, from the God of His salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of whom seek Him, and who seek His face. So we we want we want to get that 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 biblical picture. Okay. That the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And as you got kids to go to college, they got universities, you know, and even some high schools and even elementaries, as they begin to brainwash them already, that, you know, you got to watch, oh, we got to be all green, save energy, save No. God created everything to sustain, to be sustained in the day we're living in. You know, use what you got to use. There's always more. There's always more, even though they want to tell you there, there is not. It's not true because God is a good God and he's a powerful God and he is a resourceful God. And the fullness thereof, he placed it in this earth. I'm telling you, you got to read your Bible. You've got to read your Bible. You got to know your Bible. You know, and 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 this ide- and these idols and this ideology, because this is the world we're we're in. We're in an ideological war of good and evil. We're in a war where where they say red is black and 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 blue is purple, and I mean they they can't even see straight anymore. You know, the, with the transgender movement where men feel like, oh, I, I feel like a woman, therefore I am. You know, this this imaginary dishonesty that they want us to, to get ourselves involved in. 
that God made a mistake and he really is a woman and she really is a man. That's transgenderism is, is you know, it's nothing new. We'll, we'll do a podcast on, on that at, at another point. But but what I'm trying to tell you is that this is how the gener- how this generation has gone wild and mad and how this ideology, this thinking, okay, is, is part of the evil against good or satanic against God, this ideology. And, and we need to be prepared for this. And so as, as we say the earth is the Lord's, the fullness there is, it destroys the climate change. It destroys the green energy. It destroys the, the, that, that stuff because God sustains everything. Everything is upheld by him. And Isaiah, you know, when you get into these, you know, these different, you know, well, I don't know if God controls this. I don't know if God controls that. Or listen, Isaiah 46, one through five. I want to let you know, God doesn't play too well with little gods. Okay. I mean, he he wrote that in 10 commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Boom. In other words, he's dealing with the hard issues of idols. He deals with the hard issues of, of uh, who's number one. And there's no one else like him. And he, how he is, he is separated far above them. How and how these gods need to, need to be created. They, you know, you know, they need to be crafted. They need to, these ideologies, all this, all these things that come from man's evil hearts and in their minds and they build things. Isaiah 46, one through five says this. Baal is already talking about the, the, the prophet, I mean, the, the, the false god Baal. Baal bows down, Nebo stoops. Their idols were on the beast, were on the beast and on the cattle. Your carriages were heavily loaded and a burden to weary to, to beast. They stooped and they bowed together. They could not deliver the burden, but have themselves gotten into captivity. Listen to me, O Jacob. O house of Jacob and all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been upheld by my, by me from your birth, who have been carried from your womb, even to your old age. I am, I am he. And even to, to the gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and I will deliver you. Listen, to whom will you liken me? and make me equal and compare me that we should be alike. In other words, well, you know, it's, it's this, well, they, they, they can choose their God and their God is their faith. And No, no, there's none like God. There's none like him. This is what he's saying. Don't tolerate and don't put up with, well, you know, what? Well, no, there's none. There's only one. Everything else is conjured up, is conjured up from the consciousness of men's minds and their evil hearts. And they conjure up these things. And, and uh, there's a wonderful book, uh, there's a wonderful book that um, I'll delve into and, and talk to you about is uh, The Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn, a wonderful Hebrew scholar and a great preacher. I encourage you to listen to, to any podcasts or any, any sermons that he has. And he wrote that book and, and it is The Return of the Gods. And this is what he's talking about. This is part of what he is talking about about that um, how they influence people to create 
idols and and to worship those 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 created beings and God and I the prophet Isaiah said that you know what those things couldn't carry the burden of the people and it is I who carried you from your birth to your gray hairs and and that's a wonderful thing to know about our God is that he carries us from birth all the way to our gray hairs and and it's and it's a powerful thing to understand that um, these idols and that this idea of other gods sustaining other you know um, sustaining other uh, other what we would call uh, superstitions you know we, we need to break away from those things we need to stop playing their games you know respecting gods that that uh, are lesser than are non-existent to who God is. And that's what Isaiah is saying. Who's like me? Who is like me? Who created the heavens and the earth with the the who created the ocean with a drop of water? And who created the earth with with one grain of sand? Who measured it out? Who who put everything in order? But me, who's who who hung the stars in place? Who holds the, the universe together? I mean, you you can go down the list. You get it. But see, if you don't stand like that and let them start start, you know start uh, humanizing you and 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 manipulating your thinking away from the bible to get you walking away you know we we have a lot of work to do we we definitely have a lot of work to do to reestablish that the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof we we, we have a we have to we have to reestablish ourselves because you know and even in the church even in the church we 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 many have taught that that Satan that that Satan took the took the world from Adam. It wasn't Adam's to give. Now there's a world system that Satan is in charge of, but not the world, not the earth, not the resources of the earth. It's 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 different. It's different. Okay? It's a different, it's a different ideology, but that's what breeds this, that, that's that, that, that bad doctrine of who, who is, who has the ownership of this earth, who is the creator of this earth. Satan didn't, listen, Satan didn't steal anything from God. He didn't steal anything from God. He can't take from God. There's no weakness in God. There's nothing Satan Satan did in that garden that that took took anything from God. Yes, man lost his relationship with with God. Yes, man, it was man's loss, and that's why Jesus was slain before the foundations of the earth. That's why that's why all all the measures, all the answers were already were already in place for a fallen man. And Satan didn't steal anything from God. Adam fell, didn't make God any less. And there was, there's teachings, there's teachings and beliefs that Satan owns the world. That's why it's so bad. No, he, he owns the world leadership, powers and principalities, rulers in high places, places of control. But the physical earth belongs to God. That's why we need, that's why when God told Joshua that whatever you put your foot, I will give you. Why? Because it belongs to God. See, wherever you go, it belongs to God. You don't ask, you know, oh, well, you know, you feel like a you you feel like a, a second class citizen on an earth that your God created. No, stop it. It's time. It's time to really understand your authority in Christ. 
I mean, just that 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 ideology from from Joshua chapter one. Wherever you place your foot, I will give to you. He didn't say, "Oh, well, I got to ask Satan if I can give it back to you." Oh, I got to ask permission because you know, in the fall, I lost the earth. He didn't lose the earth. That that's one of the greatest. That's one of the greatest misconceptions ever. That's why he says he came to his own, and it's John chapter one. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But to them that believe, to them he gave the power to be called the sons of God. He came to his own. His own what? His own creation. His own people. He came to his own dirt. And people rejected him. This is, this is again, this is theology. God didn't lose anything. You kidding me? He's great. There's none like him. There's none like him. And so we have to understand that, that, that this, this, this war of good and evil, you know, uh, this, this when Jesus comes into our lives and, 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 you know, the war don't start. It just begun. You know, when you look at Matthew chapter 12, 12, 43 through 45, it's, it's a great picture of when you surrender something to God, when you, when you, when you open your heart and you, you have that time of repentance some of you get saved and you come out of addictions. You come out of you come out of very bad places, bad situations, and the Lord delivers you. And you accept Christ as your Savior. You begin to follow Him. This is you know this 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 verse we're going to read is, is going to show you some things about what happens if you don't get in discipleship, if you don't replace, uh, if you don't fill your mind and your heart with with scripture and verses and and discipleship and teachings and trainings that come from the kingdom of God. You know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna learn some things about about why certain habits don't go. You're gonna realize. Why all of a sudden you backslid or you have a friend that was going so good and all of a sudden, boom, they're gone again. Listen to what he says. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty and swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than themselves and they enter and dwell therein. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this next generation, this next wicked generation, this next scolio geneo, this next generation that's scoliosis, that's twisted. So God untwists you. But if you don't if you if you leave your your spiritual life empty, if you don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you don't stay locked into the Word of God, if you don't have fellowship with the saints, guess what's going to happen? This the the enemy is going to come back, and he's going to see that you have not done your work. He's going to see that you are empty, you're unarmed, you're vacant. The windows are open, and he just comes right back in and makes you seven times worse than what you ever were. And then they say, oh, gee, the gospel don't work. It works if you work it. He stays out if you close the doors. If you furnish the house, he has nowhere to go. And this is why Ephesians, Ephesians 4 tells you to give no place to the devil. That's what he's saying here, too. 
the great apostle Paul gives us that word place, you know, that, 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 that topos, that's where you get to your, your Greek word topology. And, uh, it, that means a region, a physical region. That means a place, something you can put your foot on, something you put your hand on, something, something tangible. And, and yes, it does matter where you go. Yes, it does matter. Um, the, the territories that you give up. Okay, it does matter. And so when you start looking at at uh, following the text and following what God is prescribing, especially especially in this battle that we're in, you can't give place to the devil. You can't you you have to understand. And I have to understand that uh, the places I go, my mind is a region. My body is a region. My soul is a region. My mind, my will, my emotions. I cannot give place. I can not, uh, you know, I cannot, you know, let, let that be a territory in which the enemy takes. And so in this battle, in this battle that we're in, that as we were discussing earlier, and, and uh, this good versus evil, we have to understand we have to be on the of- offensive with this. We have to be aggressive in moving forward. And and, and the great apostle Paul gives us this uh, this mantra, okay, and, and leads the way and gives the charge, not just by writing a letter, you know, telling us how, but giving us examples in the book of Acts. And momentarily we'll get there. But um, but when you look at this this giving place, okay, giving place to the enemy, okay, that I mean, no no army in battle likes to give up ground and territory. And you make no mistake about it, war is about territory and spoils. That's what war is about. It's about land and money. That's what and and power. That's what war is all about. It's not. They could say they could say it's about regime change, as we in in our in our um, more Western modern culture where they try to change a regime. No, but it's all really about taking the territory, taking the their finances, ruling the finances, and then um, ultimately and ultimately um, the decision making power, the power to rule over people. Okay, we in America they call well we're going to spread democracy around the world. Be careful when you hear that because what they're really saying is that we're going to go, we're going to we're going to change their regime, we're going to overtake them and then try to put our American ways on their foreign land, on that foreign land. So we have to be very very careful about when we hear spreading democracy. Okay, because really what do what do they mean? Because it's all about taking territory, taking finances, and then installing new power. Hours. And so it's no different in the spirit. It's no different in the, in, in the spiritual realm where if we give up territory, if we give up our mind, our soul, our will, our emotions, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to be losing ground. And that's what the great apostle Paul was writing there in, in Ephesians, right? Ephesians 4, that, that give no place, give him no topos, give no land up, give no territory up, give no, give no, no space in your life, your mind, your will, your emotions, your language, give none of that to him. Give none of that, that to him. I like what it says from Ephesians 4, 17 through 20 about this, okay? About, about the, how the Christian should walk. The contrast of once, when you're saved and when you're not saved, okay? What you were before you were saved. It, you know, it, it, ties, in, it ties into our, um, our scriptures in, in Luke eleven twenty four through 28 about the house being unfurnished. Well, well listen, to what he, listen to what Paul says, Okay, he says, um, 
This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In other words, there must be a difference. Why? Because you've got different furniture in you now. You've got a different perspective now. You're no longer empty-headed spiritually. You're no, lo- you're no longer an unoccupied facility. You are now being occupied by the power of God, by the Word of God, and by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. It, it, Paul, Paul just lays that out. He says, you don't walk like, like that anymore. Okay. Like the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. You know, the, 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 the immoral, the, the moral depravity, you know, thinking like the world, acting like the world, you know, taking the perspectives of the world on things that's futile. It's futility. It's worthless. He says, hey, you got value now. Once you put the word of God and renew your mind and you got the right furniture, you got value now. You're not renting that space to the enemy. You you now possess, you now possess um, the power of the word of God, the move of the Holy Spirit, the cleansing of the of the washing of the word in your life. It's it's a different ball game. And you as a Christian should be walking in not the futility like the world walks, embracing all the cultural craziness, transgender men having babies, you know, men can have uh, menstrual cycles and, and men can breastfeed. It, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb. It, 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 it goes against all science. It goes against it goes against all biology. It goes against all life in general, against nature. It goes against everything because it's an ideology. We're going to get we're going to touch that in a minute. OK, we're going to touch that in a minute. Ideology, because Satan, Satan wants to build an ideology in you. And that's what you have to avoid. Ideology comes from the root word of idol. Okay, he wants you to build an idol to their, uh, to their thinking, to their way, to worship them, to worship it, and pull you away from God. This this is important. It's important to understand what they're doing. That's why the media floods you with thought, floods you with with uh, LGBTQ. That's why it floods you with transgenderism. That's why it floods you with propaganda of illegal immigrants. Oh, you gotta, you know, it, it, it's 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 hum, it's it's uh, It's um, what do they call it? Um, it's inhumane not to embrace the world, one world. Do you do you know that God God is a God of nations? He establishes nations, meaning borders and boundaries. Do you, do you understand that? He's a God of nations. Read Psalms chapter 2. He identifies nations. Not, not this one world globalism, you know, where, where everybody is connected um, to, to one, one rule of law. No, it is. He's coming for nations. He's come for nations. And so, so when, when you start looking, when you look at Ephesians, you can't think about all this globalism like, as, as it's okay. It's not. It, that, that's, human, that's human rule. That's human rule. And so, so Paul writes and says, you don't walk in the futility. Have, listen, having their understanding dark and being alienated from the life of God. There's an alienation that, 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 that is there. And they prove it by what they teach. They prove it by how they live. They prove it by what they what they endorse. They prove it by what they build. They prove it by and and we we have no we have no part in that. That's what Paul's writing said. Hey, you don't walk in, in the futility of their mind. 
You don't walk in, you don't walk alien, alienated from God. Okay? Because because of their ignorance that's in them, because of the blindness of their hearts who being past feelings, in other words, they're numb now. They're numb. They're apostate. Okay? Apostate. That 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 is that is that is beyond feeling now. They're 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 possessed by this by this uh, demonic ideology. They are fully they have fully sacrificed their life to their thinking, and their wills and their emotions. You know, you can I you could just look at some of the the YouTube clips on the climate change freaks out there and the and the uh, abortionists abortion you know the 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 god of Moloch that they continue to to uh, surrender the the young lives of the baby uh, of the of our nation to that abomination. Oh yeah, they sold their whole lives to it. Politicians have, some church members have. It's a right to choose. No, no. No, you chose, you chose when you became pregnant. You chose when you impregnated her. It's a choice. It was a futile choice. You were walking away from the way God designed it to be. That, that was your choice. That was your choice. And so when, when you start putting the cart before the horse, like the futility, the futility and the alienation thinking from God, which is propagated by the world, there is no God. Therefore, you can do whatever you want. You are God. You know, and and and, and in this and in this futility, you know, the, this poly, polytheism, you know, where there are many gods. No, that that no, no, there there are not many gods. We read that earlier. Who's not? Who's like me? There's no gods. There's no other gods beside me. I'm capital G. They're all little G. These are all these are all lesser. There's no equal to him, because see, if there's if there's if there's um, if there's many gods and there's many truths, and then with the, the many truths, then you can have your truth and you can have your truth and you can have your truth and you sound like Oprah Winfrey, right? And 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 Barack Obama, you sound like them. Oh well, that's your truth and that's your truth and that's what you believe. And no, no, listen, listen, we we have to get back to. What the Bible teaches. If you're a biblical, if you're a biblical Christian, okay, not, not that that's a large statement that you believe God's word, that you believe that God God said what He said and He meant what He said when He said it, and you follow the Scripture, then you can't walk in the futility of the mind. You can't walk in the teachings of the world. That's what, that's what he's talking about. They're beyond, listen, they're beyond feelings, have given themselves over to lewdness. Listen, the, the pedophilia, you can go down, you can go down the list for the pedophilia, the vulgarness, the, um, the outright, the outright um, depravity of activities from the drug abuse to the, the sexual perversions. You can go down the list that's just infiltrating th- this nation. It's gone full, it's gone full crazy. And it's in your face. It's in your face. Listen, he says, to, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Okay? 
And then Paul, Paul hits it here in verse 20. But you have not learned so in Christ. So you didn't learn that in Christ. So you have to do some relearning. You have to do some, some um, uh, dis, uh, I call it deductive thinking. You have to start deducting some ways of thinking, some ways of, of acting, some, some ways of conducting yourself. You can't act like the world and, and, and embrace the thinking of the world. And you can't be afraid, and you can't be afraid of standing up and saying it. That I no longer am this way. I no longer think this way. I am a Christian. I am I'm a follower of Christ. I walk in the Word. The Word lives big in me. The Word is increasing in me. The Word is, is captivating every area, every space in my life. It's expanding. It's growing in me. It's taking more and more control of my life. And so we, we begin to see that, that, that the message belongs in the marketplace. It belongs out there. It belongs in mainstream media. And that's why I played Tucker Carlson. And I played th that earlier clip where a Catholic priest was calling out Tucker Carlson about, about being vocal about the spiritual battle that we're in and to begin to acknowledge it. And, and Tucker Carlson, one of the biggest, one of the biggest names um, in, in the news media realm, uh, he begins to start saying, something is not right. Something is, this is spiritual. I went to a church that didn't believe in spirituality. You know, the Episcopalian church, I believe that's what he, he said he was from, where we weren't reading the spiritual sides of, of the Bible. We were just, you know, the teachings of Jesus, the sayings of Jesus, you know, um, the, 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 uh, the more, the moral goodness of the Bible, you know, that they, that they, he grew up with the the intuitive right inside of you that was that was Judeo in in principle that that's what he grew up with. He, now he knows that there's something more evil out there, and now the reason if you realize that Tucker Carlson left Fox News because he was starting to get in the in the nitty gritty of what's going on in a political realm in our in our in the culture and he started nailing it they had to pull him off because his audience was way too big so they 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 pulled him off why because he was in the public arena now let's start talking about the public arena because listen listen to the lifestyle of Paul Okay, listen to where Paul went, because you got again, you got a lot of bold preachers that, that, that are bold in their church, but they're not bold in their lives. They're not bold. They're not willing to get out there and to debate in the public square and talk about these issues and, and discuss them. They're not they're not willing to do those things. They're not they, because it, it's unfavorable. They, they may get they may get um, unliked or 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 persecuted or 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 being talked about. Be called names. And, and so when you start looking at Acts chapter 17, and, and we'll wind this down here, and uh, we'll do a little little explaining on this one here. Um, um, Paul, Paul was a man of action. Paul went into the lion's den. Paul, Paul saw something, and he believed in, in what he saw. He saw Christ, Acts chapter 9. You know, what shall I do, Lord? What shall I do? You know, what do you want from me? You know, it, 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 that, I mean, 
that that that's an amazing that's an amazing um, that's an amazing revelation for Paul who who was who was at the time uh, defending the Torah the law Yahweh against this Jesus that was that was not viewed favorably that was that was viewed as a curse that that, that no God would die on a cross and become a curse and, and I mean it was total it, it was total contradictory uh, to the Torah the law the teachings of the Pharisees the teaching of the temple the teaching the teaching of the synagogues it went totally against what Paul was believing and how he interpreted the law. But when he saw the fulfillment of the law on Acts chapter nine in that in 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 that visitation from God to, from Jesus to him, when Paul when Jesus cries out and says, "Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me?" Man, he was never the same. He became he 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 was on fire because he began to he, he saw things clearly. Now he saw the risen Christ. He saw he saw. The Torah come alive. That's why in Galatians he says, in Galatians or Philippians, he says that I, that I did this in ignorance. In other words, I didn't understand the law clearly. I didn't see. I didn't know. I did the best that I could with what I had, but I was blind. But now that I see, yeah, I was a chief of sinners, but I did it ignorantly. I didn't do it um, from malintent. I thought I was defending the law. I was I was misguided in my in my understanding of of what Moses had written and the laws and the prophets. I, I was blind. I didn't I didn't get it. This guy now he sees clearly now, and you cannot unsee what you've seen. So this drives him to Acts chapter 17, as Paul is now on full board of his mission to preach the gospel all over to the Gentile world. And it comes to Thessalonica and they mistreat him there. Acts chapter 17, you know, they, they, I mean, they didn't like his message. You know, there's a, there's many people that won't talk because they, they're afraid that they're going to like their, they don't like their message. But Paul, but Paul goes into Thessalonica and he goes to the house of Jason and Jason tries to protect him. Read Acts chapter 17, you know, on your own. Uh, I don't have time to go through this in the next, you know, five to seven minutes that I have left remaining on this podcast. But when you start looking at, at the persecution for the message, see, people will not like the message. They will not like, but see, that doesn't stop Paul. And then Paul goes from Thessalonica once they were threatened to kill him, once they once they, they couldn't find Paul because Jason sent Paul along the way and they came after Jason and it was a mess. Paul left a Paul left a riot behind and he goes to Berean and these people were more favorable. The scripture says they were more favorable and more tolerable to different ideas. See, when you come into when you go into the lion's den, they're gonna be unfavorable to your ideology. They're gonna be they're gonna be be unfavorable to your teachings and what you are saying, but that's fine. You got to be good with that. That there is opposition. There is an op- oppositional thought. There is an oppositional uh, perspective. We listen to them. Now they're going to listen to us. They're going to listen to you, and you have to be so convinced. You have to. You have to have seen something. You have to know something. You have to. You have to have scripture down. That's why you know. That's why we. You know. I believe it's Peter that says that, that we have to learn to give an answer for the faith and the hope that lies within us. 
And, and Paul says, hey, I got answers for you. I got answers for you. I'm not backing away, he, even though Thessalonica didn't accept it. And that's what you have to understand about the gospel. You know, we want everybody to accept. They're not. They will not all accept it because the gospel is exclusive. Try, stop trying to make it inclusive. It's, it's not exclu- inclusive. It's not everybody. Everybody can hear, but not everybody will respond. Not everybody will acknowledge, submit. And you have to be fine with that because God's fine with that. You know, you, you have to understand that even, even the great apostle Paul, when he was in prison, you know, and, and, and he had this partner in 2 Timothy, you know, when, when, when Demas left him, Demas was somebody that traveled with Paul, was a good friend of Paul, was a confidant of Paul. And when Paul was in prison, getting ready to lose his head from Nero, you know what? Demas left him. And Paul writes, hey, Demas also left me, for he loved this present world more than the kingdom to come. People will show who they are under pressure when fire really starts calling, when it's nitty gritty. And Paul just laid it out. He was a coward. He loved this world more. He wanted riches in this world. He wanted wanted to be liked. He wanted to be accepted. So he had to separate himself from me. Bye. I'm not going anywhere. That's what Paul said. I will not leave Christ. I will not leave. I will not, I will not bend my knee to any persecution. That's who Paul is. So when Paul's in Thessalonica and everybody comes after him, you know, because many people started, many people started to believe, you know, you know, Paul, Paul had an amazing message. But when, but when people, when, when people start realizing that the masses are following you, the crowd of movement starts under your message. Those, the gatekeepers, those that are in power, those that have a, that have, 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 have keys to doors, they'll start locking all them doors so all the people won't leave. It happens everywhere. I mean, a lot of guys start a church. That's why they don't, they don't like mega churches that are on fire, that have preached the power of the God, that preach the power of the Spirit, that preach transformation, that, that, preach, that preach against the cultural ills and the perverseness of this nation that, that we, we see right now. That, they don't like mega churches that do that. Oh, the little churches with 5, 10, 15 people in there, they're not affecting much in the culture. But it's when your message gets out there and the masses start moving, that's when they get nervous. That's when they get nervous. When multitudes come, that's when they get nervous. And so here you have Paul preaching Thessalonica. They don't like it. He moved him on. He goes to the Bereans. He preaches to the Bereans. The, the Bereans were more, they, they were, they were more like-minded. They were, they had a, they had a softer way of tolerance. They, they embraced the ideas. They did the research. And after that, Acts chapter, Acts, chapter, Acts chapter 17, verse 16, Paul goes, Paul goes to Athens because, uh, you know, things, again, they always get heated. You know, you always get heated once the masses start believing the message. Once people start believing the message, it, it starts to get heated. Acts chapter 17, Paul goes to Athens and he's waiting and he's and he's waiting for his two two little buddies. I believe it's uh, uh, Timothy and Philip. He's waiting for them, I believe. Um, you can check me, check, check that out if you'd like. But Acts chapter 17, 16, Paul's in Athens. He's waiting on his two and his two partners up there. 
to come to come meet him. Now watch this. Now, while Paul awaited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogues with the Jews and the Gentiles. Okay, he reasoned. That, that, that word reason has to do with he came to agreements and disagreements. Arguments were put on the table. This, this is important. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogues with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. It's, it's an, again, Paul, Paul was like, hey, look, I'm provoked by what I see in the culture. Aren't you provoked? Aren't you provoked to start speaking out, educating yourself on, on all these? Paul, Paul was a brilliant mind, a scholar. He understood the Greek mythology. He understood, he understood the gods of those days. He, that's why he went after later on in Acts chapter 19. He goes after Diana. He goes after uh, Asheroth. He goes after all these gods that the people were following. And Paul, Paul sits here, he goes, I was provoked when he saw that the city was given over to idols. The ideology of men. The creating of pe people worshiping the things made by the hands of men. Paul was there like, I'm provoked. I've got to preach. I've got to let them know there's only one God. I've got to let them know that Jesus Christ is Lord. I've got to let them know that. He says, therefore, he reasoned in the synagogues with the Jews and the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who had, who happened to be there. Okay. You know, then, then uh, it gets really dicey for Paul because now he, he goes up to what they would call Mars Hill because they, 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 they were amazed at his teaching because he taught of this Jesus, Yeshua, and the resurrection. These strange ideas, these strange thoughts, these strange doctrines. And they said, you know what? You got to go up to Mars Hill to all the philosophers. The philosophers were, were, need to hear this because these are strange to our ears. See the gospel, you know, this, 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 uh, this objective truth idea is strange in the ears of this culture where everybody thinks that they can make up their own truths and make up their own colors and make up their own genders and make up their own, make up their, how I feel, that's what I am. But no, that, no, that's not. Everybody can think the law of gravity doesn't exist until they jump out of a plane, jump off a roof. There are subjective truths. There are, there are, there are, there are laws that God put in place you cannot break. And that is man and woman. You can't break those. Oh, but I feel in my thinking. Now you got some warped thinking. You got, yeah, I'm not saying that there's no issues and there's no problems because of sin. No, I'm not saying that. The original sin. For by, for by one man's sin entered the world. That, that is wrote the book of Romans. For by one man. And by one man, re, he redeemed the first Adam and the last Adam. The first Adam, sin entered in. That's the original sin. This culture hates the idea of the original sin, that all are sinners. They like that, no, this is just the way I am. No, no. They hate that. 
And Paul comes in and he sees this, this multiplicity, this polis of, of gods and idols and it provokes him. And he begins to speak and, 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 and what he was saying was so strange to people. They say, hey, you need to go, you need to go talk to the, um, to the uh, Epicureans and the Stoics. You know, the, 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 these philosophers, go, go meet with them. And he does. And goes into, and, um, he goes into Mars Hill. That's the great unknown God where Paul explains the unknown God to him. You know, the, the Epicureans called Paul. Well, let's hear what this babbler, you know, this babbler. You know what that, that, that word babbler, they call Paul a babbler. That, that, that's an insult to intellect, meaning uh, this guy is disconnected for, from the truths that we hold and, and, and we uphold. It, he goes contrary to what we're saying. So therefore, he's a babbler. He, he's a spreader of seeds. You know, he's just throwing thoughts out there, uh, you know, irrelevant to, to our culture and, and how we believe and how we've been taught. You know, the Epicureans, if you, if you read this, this chapter, Okay, Acts, Acts chapter 17, Acts chapter 17, um, 16 through 18. Uh, these two philosophical ideologies are, are put there. They're put in place. You know, and, and this is what dominated the philosophy of the Athens and what Paul was walking into. The Epicureans and the Stoics called him a babbler. You know, and, and that babbler is, is I mean, that that's just, you know... Um, uh, figuratively, it, it, it's, it's like a gossiper, a, 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 a mythologist, in, if you will. You know, no, no sense of reality towards what he's saying. And so the Epicureans believed, they believed in live and let live and just let, let everything be, let everything just feel good. You want happiness and you want goodness. Uh, the, the, the more that you can, the, the more that you can um, achieve and have the, the pleasures, you know, it's just, just pleasure, have pleasure in your life. It doesn't matter how you get it. It doesn't matter what it costs you. It doesn't matter the immoral, immoral uh, implications because they believed that any sacrifice was oppressive, kind of like today, huh? You can't, you got to sacrifice your hermeneutics, your exegesis, your classical way of, of uh, translating the Bible because it's oppressive to people. Yeah, that, that's the Epicurean. You know, they, they felt no sacrifices because sacrifices were a form of God putting guilt on you. And God, God doesn't want anybody feeling guilty. In that, in that, in that, uh, where the culture is today, don't say that because you'll make them feel bad. You'll make, you'll make them feel guilty, you, and they make you feel guilty for standing in the truth. They weaponize guilt against you. You, we're in an upside down situation. But the Stoics, the Stoics, on the other hand, they were proud in their virtue. They were proud of being pure, and they were kind of like the, the a different form of the Pharisees. They were proud. They were proud of being better than everybody else upper class, the nose in the air, and they had a, they had a philosophical hold on, on the Greek, on the Greek uh, culture. And so these two were debating Paul. And, and, and Paul, Paul, Paul was just like, okay, man, let's go to war. Let's go. Let's go. This is the battle. See, why did Paul attack it? Because Paul knew he was a warrior for Christ. Paul knew. 
This is the battle. This is what all his training and his education, his philosophical understandings, his, 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 his background, this is what he was built for. He was built to go into these arenas for battle. That's why he wrote Ephesians chapter 6. Come on. He's ready for battle. And listen to what he says. It says it's 17, 29 to 30. Therefore, since we are the offsprings of God, okay, this is his, because he's going to explain the unknown God. He says, therefore, since we are all, we are offsprings of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and the man, and man's devising. Now, let, let, let me break this down for you, because don't forget, all their idols were made of gold. All them, all them were made of silver and stone. And so when Paul saw all these things, he began to, to get provoked, and he couldn't wait to debate those things. So in other words, since, since all humanity are created by God, okay, and God should not be equated to his creation because he's greater. He goes, all, this, all these idols are shaped by art. What, that, that's an interesting word, art, creativity. Creativity, bright minds. That word art is the Greek word techne. It's where you get the word technology from. This is why we're living in such a, such a um, devastating um, uh, theological time of eschatology, the signs of the last days, where, where Paul, Paul writes to Timothy that in the last days men will be lovers of themselves, and it, it gives all these, these indications of what's coming in the last days. But this word techne, the technology, artificial intelligence, okay? They're, 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 they worship their own technology. They're worshiping their own ability to rule mankind. This is why, you know, they get us stuck on our phones. We, we, everybody's stuck on a screen, looking at a screen. That, that, that's idol worship. And, and I, man, I've even had waking up to study this thing. Man, I got my phone off, got my phone down, don't even look at... Why? Because I'm not going to idolize that thing. I'm not going to idolize those things. That's technology. That's techne, the creation of man. And so again, I, I know I got. I know I've been kind of going a little bit longer on this podcast, but I just wanted to let you know and start talking about this battle that we're in. Artificial intelligence. Now, the the creation of men, the things that that men create, so other men can worship those things taking their eyes off the author of life, taking the eyes off, taking our eyes off and getting us focused on shiny little objects. Paul understood the battle. It's in those arenas. And I believe it's time for the church to start getting, uh, taking an aggressive stance as a Christian, as those that follow Christ, start taking an aggressive stand against the creation of men that, that's demanding us to bow our knees to them, these, these idols, these, these things that they're bringing up that's, that take your attention away from God and, 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 and really draw you away from that which is important in which Paul actually slammed, 
slammed Epicureans and the Stoics. He just says, hey man, all those idols you got out there made of gold and silver, let me talk to you about the unknown God. And you know what? I'll do a podcast uh, later on this week on the uh, tomorrow or next week uh, on the unknown God and, and the implications of those messages. So this is uh, the end of the podcast. And I just kind of found a way to land this plane. But just know that we're in a battle. And I'll be talking more about the battle in the, the next couple of weeks to come. Artificial intelligence, the techne, the art, the art that some of your translations has there. But the Greek word is techne, technology, the inventions of men. We're, we're, we're moving down that path very quickly. We're there now. All this artificial intelligence that's in the church. Do you know that the World Economic Forum is, is, is having a Bible made from artificial intelligence? They want to put artificial intelligence in, 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 in all the teaching, high schools, elementary schools, replace teachers with artificial teaching. Kind of, kind, of, kind of concerning because the gods, the gods that man create are alive and well in the day we're living Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Prophetic Whispers, and we will talk to you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.